It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Australia's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Australia's squad for the 2022 World Cup. That actually brings us to the end of the player-by-player discussion. So we're going to move on to uh, talk about uh, the squad as a whole a little bit. Um, So let's begin with some of the questions I started at the beginning. Uh, The question was, uh, has the move to the uh, Asian Federation uh, being a benefit for Australia and for the Federation. Well, there was resistance uh, in the Asian Federation about Australia joining. In fact, it's kind of an interesting history that I won't go into. But um, one of the concerns was that Australia would be too strong and dominate the region. And the other concern is that it would open the door. Uh, Asia already being a pretty big region from Uh, you know, all the way from the Middle East to the uh, Far East in Japan. Uh, And then adding Australia might open the door to uh, all sorts of Oceania teams wanting to join. Uh, That hasn't happened. In fact, neither of the fears have come true. Um, uh, Australia looked like they would dominate when they joined in 2007, having passed the group stage of the 2006 World Cup. Uh, But that brings us on to our next point, because the question was, is Australia getting stronger or weaker? And the trend has been that they've generally been getting weaker, so that 2006 World Cup was a real peak for them. And um, uh, they have been reaching the World Cup, but in the last two, uh, two World Cups, it's through playoffs. Uh, So that makes them at least uh, the fifth team, or at best, the fifth team in Asia in both of the last uh, two World Cup qualification runs. In terms of the Asian Cup, they did win it as host in 2015, uh, but they didn't win it in 2011, and in 2019 only reached the quarterfinals. So they're certainly not dominating the region, uh, either in the Asian Cup or in the um uh world cup qualification uh, and finally we talked about what's the quality of their players judging by club affiliation well we will come back to that because it's uh, uh, it could be argued uh, for hours uh, but i generally feel that there's a bit of a lack of star power if we look at that 2006 team they had uh, you know players with um I wouldn't say the top clubs in Europe, but, uh, you know, some of the stronger Premier League clubs. And, uh, you know, since then, actually, as a Canadian, I'm well aware that um, Canada didn't have much star power for most of its history. Uh, Some of the players, we were were happy if they got onto European teams, uh, even though we didn't really know the names uh, of those European teams. They were some pretty small teams in Hungary or or the Czech Republic, uh, something like that. Well, Australia is doing a bit better than that, as we'll see when we look at club affiliations. And yet they do seem to kind of lack uh, star power. Perhaps their goalkeeper, Matty Ryan um, and Aaron Moy are their two biggest names, but um, they're not kind of uh, world powers. So while Canada seems to be in a, in a good period 
in terms of star power, Australia seems to be moving in the other direction. Okay, we'll move on to a couple of more points. Uh, formation seems to depend on player availability. I mean, we do see that uh, they have a kind of a more attacking formation when they play weaker teams and a more defensive formation when they play teams like Japan and Saudi Arabia there in World Cup qualifying. Uh, but uh, what I noticed in going through it is uh, sometimes it seems to come down to who's available. They've had a lot of injuries um, and they've had a lot of players kind of coming in and out of the team. So um, uh, my feeling is that sometimes the formation is is decided by the, the players that are available, which I'm sure is true to some degree on every team. But for me, it suggests that Australia doesn't have... Um, uh, a really strong bench where they can slot players into position. Rather, they tend to rotate the positions around the players they have. Finally, um, uh, a point is players coming coming and going and coming back to the team. So during the player-by-player -player discussion, we saw a lot of players coming in from the cold, uh, coming back from absences, sometimes as, as much as five or six years uh, since they played for the team, coming back into action, uh, we've also seen a number of team, a number of players that seem to be uh, fairly inserted into the squad. Uh, but in the last half of the period we've examined, and particularly in the last three games, um, and that would be a, the, a friendly, uh, and then their two important playoff games. Uh, won the regional playoff against United Arab Emirates to uh, graduate from the Asian region and the second uh, an intercontinental playoff against Peru to make it to the final squad. So a bit of a surprising time to be uh, to be dropping regulars from the team. Uh, but it was done nevertheless and perhaps wisely because they did make it through those playoffs. But um, uh, some of the players who have... Uh, dropped off the squad are Tim Rogic, uh, Ryan Grant, James Jago, and uh, a couple of smaller names. And some of the players that have uh, come in from long absences, and some of them doing quite well, actually. Uh, Aidan Frostick, uh, Craig, Craig Goodwin, uh, Riley McGee. Um, sorry, they're not the biggest names I should mention. Mitchell Duke as one of the higher profile players. Uh, kind of coming in from a long absence. Uh, um, so uh, they do have a few injuries which may, may have played a part. But um, in general, all of this uh, to me seems, makes it feel like they need a bit of a bigger base of players uh, to choose from. Um, that would take a long time perhaps to explain that thought but uh, what it leads to is my suspicion that uh, in September they'll kind of continue the search and uh, I, I kind of think they'll be either bringing players back or bringing new players in uh, in a few positions in September and uh, I worry that that's a bit late uh, you know to be kind of um, interviewing uh, new candidates, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not, um, uh, I'm not um, posing as an expert on the Australian team here. Uh, okay, let's take a look at uh, club affiliations. I did kind of mention a lack of star power, but actually, uh, uh, and I did mention Canada too. In comparison to Canada, they've always done 
uh, better in terms of their club affiliation. So they don't have any uh, kind of outstanding clubs. Matthew Ryan recently moved from Real Sociedad to Copenhagen in Denmark. So he is one of their uh, bigger names and bigger club, or affi club affiliations. And uh, Aidan Rostick plays for Eintracht Frankfurt, which is actually doing quite well in Germany, though they're not typically uh, one of the top German teams. Uh, otherwise, they seem to be kind of respect, but respectable um, respectable but smaller teams. Um, for example, in England, it's Sunderland and Stoke and Middlesbrough. None of them uh, are in the top division, Blackpool also. Uh, in Germany, it's St. Pauli, Dynamo, Dresden, um, Eintracht Frankfurt, which we saw. And then a couple playing uh, uh, for Asian teams like Kuwait, and um, uh, Al Faisali in, in uh, Saudi Arabia and a couple in Japan. There was a player in South Korea too, but I think he moved to a Japanese team. And then about a third of the team playing for uh, some of the bigger, bigger clubs in um, uh, Australia, uh, Sydney FC, uh, MacArthur and... Uh, uh, Melbourne City, uh, for example. So, um, again, uh, no no kind of eye-popping uh, club affiliations, but certainly respectable as far as that goes. Okay, I've been running some uh, statistics on the, uh, on the teams as I've been doing them, and one of them uh, is how many players uh, they kind of have on, on the plate in front of them. So I said I feel like they need a bit of a bigger base to choose from. Uh, that's not really reflected in the statistics because they have 48 and the average is 50. So uh, it's a reasonable number of players to choose from. But I think it may be a little bit different for Australia uh, since they do have a number of players who didn't play in the last three games. And uh, I'm kind of left wondering uh, if they're still part of the squad or what exactly is going on with them. I'm kind of anxious to see who they call up in September. As I said, uh, I kind of suspect there may be a few new players, maybe some of those players returning. Um, yeah, but from the statistic itself, it's hard to make any conclusions. Uh, 35 players, they have uh, kind of under consideration. So I... I I'd say those are the players generally that we have as definite, uh, likely, or possible here. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. And then the number of candidates as definite and likely is 22, which is proving to be quite similar for all the teams. So again, uh, not, not very telling. So these statistics not really... Uh, telling us much about uh, Australia, although there are a couple of things like we saw with the forwards in the player by player, uh, where they're, um, uh, you know, they don't really seem to have an outstanding forward and they seem to be trying out a lot of players, some of them not forwards, like Krustic, who's an attacking midfielder uh, playing in a forward role. So looks like they have some decisions to make uh there but uh ultimately if they do have 22 in the definite and likely category uh that's just four players to fill from among the possible candidates but uh i do kind of get the feeling that they're still 
looking for uh, some positions there. Average age of Australia is uh, uh, does yield some information. It's considerably older than uh, most teams. Uh, the average is uh, 25 to 27, and they're a full year older than that. And uh, to go into more detail, I think they have... Um, um, <laughs> they have uh, 14 players who are 30 years old or older. Uh, so that's actually a lot more than, than most teams. That's, um, uh, and here I'm just looking at definite, likely impossible candidates. So that's about half of them, a little less than half. Uh, they have a 37-year-old keeper, Danny Vukovic. That's not so surprising for a goalkeeper. And um, uh, so the rest are, uh, they have Bruno Fornaroli, Forna who's 35, and the rest are somewhere between 30 and 33. Uh, as far as the young end of the scale, uh, they have uh, only two players who are uh, 21 or younger, and then uh, about eight players who are 23 or younger. So definitely on the older side, although hard, hard to say uh, what that actually means, other than they'll probably have to do some refreshing uh, after this World Cup. In terms of average caps, uh, it's 21 per player, and uh, especially considering the age of the team, that is actually quite low. So the average is 27.5, they have 21. And uh, we can kind of put that down to a lot of players coming back from uh, anywhere from four to seven years uh, of being off the team. So you get basically um, an older player with not many caps. And I think that's bringing down the average, uh, bringing down the average there. The most capped player is uh, Matty, um, uh, sorry, is, is Matty Ryan with 74 caps. And they have uh, only actually six players with 50 caps uh, or more. At the other end of the scale, they have uh, nine, 10, 12 players with four caps or less. Uh, so a fairly inexperienced team, despite being an older team, uh, their total goals is 92. That's also uh, quite a bit lower than the average. And we, we have seen that um, scoring goals is a bit of a, uh, an issue for Australia. Uh, 92, uh, whereas the average is 119. So that might kind of come down to them having fewer caps on average uh, as well. But, but I think uh, most will agree that uh, scoring is an issue for, um, for uh, Australia. And in terms of uh, goals per player, it's just a t statistic, but 2.6 goals per player for what it's worth uh, is the lowest, uh, I think the second lowest, the third lowest of all the teams we've done so far. So we can make of that what we will, but I think I'll just uh, generalize, generalize it by saying that Australia uh, needs to find more goals or uh, players with more goals. Okay, let's look at uh, players and issues to watch. So in defense, we have Matt Ryan as a very steady uh, starter, but perhaps too steady because he, he's played almost all of their games except for one against Chinese Taipei. 
which is really Taiwan, and one against Nepal. Uh, so you kind of worry that if he gets injured, uh, that the other players don't really have enough experience. Um, uh, and perhaps uh, it would be good if they got a little more field time um, just in case Maddie Ryan becomes unavailable. Uh, and another issue in defence is the recent change in the defensive pairing. So in the player-by-player, -play, we saw that uh, Sainsbury and um, uh, the high-scoring uh, central midfielder, whose name is currently eluding me, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'll come back to that. But anyway, uh, Sufa, uh, Sutar is his name. Uh, Sainsbury and Sutar uh, was a pretty solid pairing until Sutar got injured, and we'll talk about his injury a bit later. Uh, and when Sutar was out, uh, it was Sainsbury continuing with someone else, um, usually uh, De uh, Deganak. Um, as a fairly steady pairing. But then suddenly in the last three games, they switched to uh, Rolls and Wright. So uh, difficult to know. And two of those were very important games, the playoff games. So I was a bit surprised that they went with uh, a, fairly, uh, a, a, a fairly inexperienced pairing there. Although uh, obviously it was a good decision because they got through. But um, the question is whether they will go back to... Uh, the standard pairing of Sainsbury and Sutar or Sainsbury and someone, or whether they'll stick with their roles and right as kind of a new pairing. In the midfield, uh, the biggest uh, changes, generally they go with four at the back and one or sometimes two up front. So the different formations are generally a midfield formation. Their preferred formation was a 4-2-3-1. Uh, but in the uh, playoff games, they went with a 4-1-4-1. So uh, kind of a big change in the formation there. Again, it worked out for them. Uh, in their tougher games, they generally use a 4-4-2 formation or a 4-3-3 formation. So I'm expecting something more like that in the World Cup because the competition is uh, a bit tougher. But um, again, uh, changes towards the end. Uh, of the campaign uh, make me make me a bit nervous. Uh, so we'll see what they come up with in the September games. And I think they have a couple of friendly games uh, leading up to the World Cup. And finally, in attack, uh, the centre forward position is open, and they really um, are looking for uh, you know a steady goal scorer. So I'll talk a little bit about the uh, goals. Actually, you know the players don't have. Uh, bad percentages, and yet uh, they do seem to need a goal scorer. So um, uh, our Mabrel has a 25% scoring ratio, so uh, in 28 games he has seven goals. Uh, Harry Sutar is a central defender. He has an amazing 60% uh, record, uh, six goals in 10 games. I'm not sure how that happened, but anyway, they're not going to be relying on him as their main goal scorer. A couple of players in the 30s there. Mitchell Duke has seven goals in 20 games. That's 35%. And Adam Taggart, who wasn't uh, there for the last few games, has a reasonable 
uh, or a good scoring percentage, six goals in 16 games. You'll see, though, uh, the number of games is small, so it really only becomes a relevant statistic when they have more than, say, 25 or 30 games. So Jamie McLaren has eight in 25. And yet, uh, despite these good percentages, uh, none of them seem like really outstanding attackers. And uh, certainly Australia hasn't centred or hasn't settled on any one of them. Uh, as the starting centre forward and in fact sometimes go to an attacking midfielder uh, trying to find someone who will score goals for them. All right, let's take a look at the uh, new injured and notably absent players. So uh, new players will kind of go, I guess, in order of uh, how much they're contributing to the team. We have Harry Sutar as a central defender. Um However, he is an injury risk. They uh, will talk about him soon. Uh, Martin Boyle has also been starting regularly. Both he and Sutar we uh, consider to be definite candidates. Um, Boyle is a right attacking midfielder or a right winger. Um, Fran Karasic is a uh, right defender. We consider him a likely candidate. And we have goalkeeper Andrew Redmayne um, on the squad. He's actually not young. He's um, 33 years old, but he is uh, new to the team. And we consider him likely. Uh, Denis Jean-Wo uh, is a attacking midfielder. We consider him um, a likely candidate, although uh, probably not a starter, which we'll get to soon. And we have right winger... Um, uh, Marco Tilio uh, as a likely candidate too. And then uh, among the possible candidates that we want to point out, we have uh, Kai Rolls, who is a central defender and uh, uh, started the last two games, but uh, is an injury risk. And uh, Nathaniel Atkinson, who is a right back, uh, who we consider a possible candidate. Again, we talked about all of these players in the player by player, so I'm just kind of uh, reviewing them here. Uh, Kenny Dugal, a defensive midfielder and a possible candidate. And finally, Gianni Stensness, uh, a central defender, uh, who we consider a possible candidate. So uh, those are the new players on the team. And now let's move on to injuries. So we have uh, Harry Sutar, the player we consider definite. Uh, but of course, he'll have to be recovered uh, to be definite. He has a cruciate ligament rupture uh, and he's expected back November 14th. So I think he's been out for almost a year and November 14th is close to the time. So uh, that's a bit touchy as to whether he's going to recover in time, but they certainly hope he will. Uh, the high scoring central defender, Harry Sutar. Uh, we mentioned uh, Kai Rolls above too. Uh, he's a central defender and he has a metatarsal fracture, uh, which he picked up in early September. He's expected back uh, October 31st. So it uh, looks like he would make the team there. Uh, and we have him as a possible candidate anyway. And finally, uh, Bruno Forneroli um, has an ankle injury with an unknown return date, and he is a forward who we considered a possible candidate. So uh, all three of those um, 
um, I'd say uh, Kyro uh, Kyro's most likely to make it back among those, but the other two are a bit less uh, certain. Moving on to notable absences, we actually have goalkeeper uh, Mitchell Langerak. So it seems like um, the new player we mentioned above, Andrew Redmayne, uh, took over the third string keeper position. So uh, Mitchell Lang uh, Mitchell uh, Langerak. Um, last appeared for the team in October 2019. So an outside possibility that uh, he could come back, but they seem to have gone with a different keeper. Uh, Massimo Luongo. Massimo Luongo uh, last appeared uh, on the bench in September 2019. He's still playing for Middlesbrough in English, and he was part of the uh, part of the team from the 2004 World Cup to the 2019 Asian Cup. Uh, and he's just 30 years old, so um, I guess an outside chance of him coming back, but he hasn't been selected. Uh, now we do look at some of the players uh, who were not at the 2019 Asian Cup, but some people follow the team kind of from World Cup to World Cup. So uh, these are the key players that are gone from the 2018 World Cup. So Tim Cahill. Uh, uh, Tim Cahill actually played uh, a game after the World Cup, but um, uh, wasn't part of the 2019 Asian Cup. Uh, we won't go into detail on the bios of these players here. Uh, we have Mile Jedinak. Uh, he um, last played, um, well, he did actually not play after the 2018 World Cup, but he uh, was called up to a training camp uh, in September 2018, but he didn't play any games for the team. And uh, he retired from uh, soccer in 2019. So uh, Mile Jedinak, um, a big miss for them there. And... Uh, Finally, we have Tommy Jurek. I, I think he's still, or he is still actively playing in Australia. Um, and uh, it was a bit of a surprise that he didn't uh, um, play in the 2019 Asian Cup because he had played three of the four games uh, between the World Cup and the Asian Cup in 2019. Uh, but anyway, his last game was in 2018. And uh, he is off off the team, it seems, uh, despite being just 31 years old. So um, perhaps an outside chance of him uh, coming back in. Okay, and now we're going to finish with the uh, predictions of the starter. So we'll kind of go through the squad again quickly here. And uh, beginning with the manager, well, uh, we know Bert Van Marwick uh, was replaced by Graham Arnold. And uh, Arnold took them through the 2019 Asian Cup and we'll take them through this tournament. Uh, for goalkeepers, we have definite candidates uh, Matthew Ryan and Danny Vukovic, and likely candidate Andrew Redman. And uh, Matthew Ryan has started almost all of their games, so uh, of course he will be the starter. Um, and uh, I'm predicting Vukovic and Redman. Uh, I don't see uh, uh, Langerak coming back to uh, challenge them for their positions on the bench. For central defenders, it's really uh, kind of up in the air. So we have definite candidates, uh, Trent Sainsbury and uh, Harry Sutar. 
and uh, likely candidates Milos Degenak and Bailey Wright, and even three possible candidates, Kai Rolls, Gianni Stensness, and Ryan McGowan. So um, basically it was uh, Sainsbury and someone else, Harry Sutar, until he got injured, uh, but then one of the others, uh, mostly Degenek. Uh But then in the last two games, those important playoff games, uh, to reach the cup against United Arab Emirates and Peru, they switched it up and started with um, uh, Bailey and Rolls as the central pairing. So a little difficult to say. Um, I'm thinking the definite, likely, and possible players, uh, uh, Rolls among the possible players at least will be there, but uh, I'm not really in a position to guess uh, which way they're going to go. Uh, in terms of starters. So uh, we'll maybe uh, re- come back to this in the update podcast because it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, in September. Uh, for left back, we have definite candidate Aziz Behich and possible candidates uh, Craig Goodwin and Joel King. Uh, Craig Goodwin has actually just played as a left midfielder in his starts. Um, anyway, we think uh, Aziz Behich is going to be the... Uh, um, uh, definite candidate there. Um, actually, I want to go back and uh, use a different color uh, to uh, whoops to suggest that um, uh, the central defenders will be among those four starters: Trent uh, Sainsbury, Harry Sutar if he recovers, uh, Bailey Wright, and Kai Rolls. Uh, I think two of those. Uh, uh, one of those pairings will be the starting, but it could be either one of them. Okay, sorry. So left back, Aziz Behich. Right back, um, uh, Frank Harisic seems to be the most likely candidate, but I'm not sure that I would put him as the starter. Um, uh, And Ryan Grant was off the team for the last uh, three games. He was the starter. So uh, a bit confusing as to what it means that he was off the squad for the last uh, three games. Is he kind of out of the squad or is he uh, uh, is he going to come back in September and for the Cup? So again, I'm a little unsure uh, who to nominate here. For me, Franz Karakic didn't start enough games uh, in the position to... to uh, justify naming him as a starter and Atkinson came in at the end so honestly it could be any one of the three but uh, I'm going to nominate either Frank Karasic or Nathaniel Atkinson uh, as the starter there but it could be either one okay defensive midfielders uh, and this includes uh, central midfielders actually um, uh, again it was a, a fairly steady uh a fairly steady pairing of Irvine, Jackson Irvine and uh, Aiden Trustick in the early games of World Cup qualifying. Uh, but then it became a bit muddled after that with all sorts of players coming in. So um, uh, I actually thought Aaron Moy would be the, would be the starter, but uh, he actually didn't play as many games as we thought. But um, I'm going to be bold here and say Jackson Irvine will be uh, one of the starters, and um, should I nominate Aaron Moy as a starter? I think so. They'll be playing tough teams, and he's a very defensive-minded uh, uh, 
uh, he's uh, they tend to use he he was used in the stopper role, for example, in those two last playoff games. So, um, really not sure uh, to be honest here. So I'm kind of uh, uh, putting a bet on the table there. Okay, left midfielders and right midfielders, they don't use. Sorry, I should go through the names. Defensive midfielders, uh, Jackson Irvine is a definite candidate to make the team. Uh, and possible candidates, Kenny Dugal, James Jago, and Connor Metcalf. For central midfielders, we have Aaron Moy as likely to make the team, and Riley McGree and Mustafa. Uh, no, and uh, that's it. Those are the kind of candidates. So uh, we think most of those will be there. Um, but uh, I'm putting Jackson Irvine and Aaron Moy as the starters there. Uh, left midfielders and right midfielders, we said in the player-by-player player that generally central midfielders play this role, so there are no uh, likely or definite candidates or even possible candidates there. Uh, on the left wing, we have Matthew Leckie as a likely candidate and Ben Folami and Nikita uh, Rokavitsia as uh, possible candidates. No, they're possible but unlikely. So just uh, Matthew Leckie as a likely candidate, but we have seen other players play uh, over on the left. So do I see Matthew Leckie as a starter? Huh. Again, that's uh, kind of tough, but um, actually I kind of think it'll be between him and the attacking midfielder, our Mabil, um, for the position. So um, but I do think Leckie will be starting somewhere on the field, not necessarily in that left winger role. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and put him as the starter. On the right wing, uh, Martin Boyle definitely seems to hold down the position uh, a lot uh, more firmly than anyone on the left side. So Martin Boyle, the definite candidate, uh, we I think is going to be the starter, and we also have likely candidate Marco Tolio. But even though we put him as likely to make the squad, uh, we de we see him as a substitute rather than as a starter. Uh, attacking midfielders, uh, we have Aidan Rustic and uh, Our Mabil, and I think both of them will be used. I'm not really confident enough to say as starters. Rustic um, returned actually after. Uh, uh, an absence, and I guess he played enough games, and he's actually very versatile up at the front, uh, playing in various positions. I mentioned uh, before he even plays uh, back in the central midfield, uh, or even a defensive midfield. So I'm going to say uh, yes to Frostick, but for uh, our Mobile, I think even though um, a definite to make the squad, not not confident enough to say he's a starter. The likely candidate there is Dennis Genroux and uh, possible candidate Tom Rogic, another one of several players who was kind of well established in the team and then kind of disappeared for those last few games. So not sure what the status of them is. I, anyway, neither Dennis Genroux or Tom Rogic uh, do we see as starters. And then in the forward line, it's very uncertain uh, uh, who's going to start. So I'm not going to hazard a guess. Uh, I think Duke Mitchell will be one of the candidates, maybe get a start and see how he does. Um, but I think he's kind of first in line there. Adam Taggart is another player who 
you know, was being used quite a bit as the, the starting centre forward and then slowly drifted off the team and didn't appear in the last few games there. So I think actually Jamie McLaren is maybe second in line, uh, the likely candidate, Jamie McLaren, and uh, possible candidates, Adam Taggart, Nicholas D'Agostino and Bruno uh, Fornaroli, depending on his injury. Uh, I think they'll uh, be brought to the cup, but will come in as substitutes. Maybe if one of them uh, makes a good impression, they can grab the starting position, which seems fairly open. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the uh, of the uh, media cast. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, keep in mind that we'll be doing an update as new information comes out. So some September games and hopefully a couple of friendlies, uh, pre-cup friendlies that we'll be able to talk about. That'll probably be in early to mid-November when the teams will be publishing their uh, squad lists. Meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files uh, Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the show notes for links to our website. We've been improving the show notes. And uh, you can also find links to previous podcasts uh, and, and so on. All the best, and I will see you in our next media cast. Bye-bye. <laughs>